Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Can we do a little big picture, Chiefs, now? Sure, go yeah. ahead. I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, this run that they're on and the Mahomes... Listen, it's, it's not even about Brady, man. It's... At 28 years old, it's the feeling of anything being possible, the Garnett line, and his line was so badass. It reminded me of the Burrow line that we've quoted a lot on the podcast, like the window's open as long as I'm here. He's like, the Kansas City Chiefs are never an underdog, but they were an underdog in their last three playoff games. And I talked about it on the pod last week. I talked about it on my show. I talked about it on the show we did on the score this morning. You and I have been watching Super Bowls our entire life. We've been gambling on football for 20-plus years each at this point. The team with the better quarterback, the better coach, and the better defense was an underdog in this Super Bowl. They were the more popular team. They got more bets, and the line didn't move in their direction a half a point all week. I do not understand how the Chiefs went off as a two or a two and a half point underdog in this game. I do not get it. And I never heard a good explanation other than the big bets were on the Niners. Some sharp betters were on the Niners. And I know sharp betters set the line. I know how it works. I don't need that explained to me in the comments on YouTube. But do you understand why the Chiefs were an underdog in this game? Well, I think the biggest thing and that not enough people talk about, not to get too down the rabbit's hole on this and to make this too much of like an erudite discussion is I don't think people uh, factor in now that this has become such a numbers-driven industry where it's so data-based. You know, I think back in the day, let's say like 15 to 20 years ago, I think it was more about like there was a feel for it. You had odds makers who would set lines and a lot of it would just be, okay, let me, let me find what I think is a number that is going to elicit action on both sides. Like, let me find a number that is going to evenly split this. And I think at some point, and I can't pinpoint exactly when somebody that's more uh, dialed into this part of the industry could better answer this there. The, the rating systems that they do on teams became how they set the lines. And they trust their rating system numbers so much that even if a lot of action comes in on one side, 
they trust their evaluation and their analysis on those teams. And, you know, if they're, if it gets like hugely disproportional, they'll move the lines, I think a half point or a point or whatever. But for the most part, they believe in their numbers on teams. They believe in their rankings and rating systems. And those are mostly things that are, you know, uh, large sample size. What is a team for the season? And it's not a reaction to what a team does the week before or even two weeks before. So what ended up happening in the playoffs the last two weeks, the championship games in this, is that people ended up betting who they thought were the hotter teams. And those hotter teams either won or covered, by the way. The Lions covered as the hotter team. Yep. And, 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 and Vegas went with their rating system in each game. The Ravens and 49ers were the two best teams for the duration of the season. And that's what the odds were based on, Danny. And that was some oversight on their part. They didn't take into account the fact of what you said. You're basically playing Mahomes in the big game and who in their right minds, I guess I'm the idiot that still thought the 49ers. Yeah, you picked against him every week. I did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and, and like, obviously they could have won. It was a close game. Like, obviously the Niners are an awesome team. I'm not saying that they're not. It was just, to me, it was like, it should every time I saw the line, which was a thousand times during the week, it my initial thought was that they listed it wrong. Well, let and me just say, like, let me let, let me make a point along those lines. If all of a sudden Roger Goodell went up on the podium and said, "Not so fast," the Chiefs are not actually the Super Bowl champions. We are demanding that they play an extra game next week, and it's a rematch against the Ravens, and it's back in Baltimore the odds makers would come out and make Baltimore like a two point favorite in that game. They would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would. Yeah. You're they right. absolutely would. No, I and know. It, I, you're, you're, I, I know. I just, it was a, and listen, I, I said, I wanted to do, but like the idea that this team is an underdog is crazy. And then what can you, you've obviously covered one of the best franchises in the NFL You've been there for Roethlisberger. You've been there for a Super Bowl. Like, I know so many Chiefs fans. I'm married to one. I cover this team. My mom flew to Kansas City to be with her 95 year old father. Like, I got, I know, I know a lot of Chiefs fans, right? Like, this feeling, and it was referenced on the broadcast, it is Michael Jordan. You know, like, what you're talking about, the, the jersey over my shoulder, like Chiefs fans being able to have a routine for Super Bowl week because they they know that they're going to be there. Mahomes referencing, we're just going to stick to our normal Super Bowl routine in terms of game plan install and travel and practice and media attention. Being down double digits again and not panicking because you have 15 seeing him run onto the field in those spots and not even being a question that he's calm. Maybe they won't get it done or whatever, but like he's not shook by the moment. There's not, it's not even a question. There are so few, it's like Yankees fans with Mariano Rivera, Bulls fans with Jordan. There are so few fan bases in any sport that can actually know what that feeling is like that to have that for a 28 year old quarterback in the era where it's possible to play quarterback into your forties, 
I can't imagine being a because even Patriots fans didn't have that with Brady when he was 28. Like that aged with him. He was not carrying them with these types of passing productions and MVPs for the early Super Bowls. Like it's a it's a completely unprecedented feeling, I think, for an NFL fan base is what Chiefs fans are going through right now. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot to say about that. That's a, that that that's a that's a really I think thoughtful uh, examination of what's gone on there. Um, you know, I'll start with just like the fan part of it. You know, I picked against the Chiefs in the in the entire playoff run, and I get on Nick Wright's case, our buddy, but I'm actually really happy for Chiefs fans. Like, I don't look at them as a loathsome fan base whatsoever. No, they're one of the best fan bases in sports. I I always thought, even though the Boston fans are rabid, there's a, there's an obnoxious quotient to them that like got on my nerves when those Patriots teams were winning as much as they were. And plus the Red Sox had won world series. And like, they went from a sports city that, you know, had been kind of in the desert for a while and all the championships came in at once and they all, you know, put themselves on, you know, Mount Olympus for it. And it just really bothered me. Grew up around Yankees fans, the same like qualities that just irk you when they feel like it's their birthright to win every year. But Chiefs fans suffered so much. Uh, Every playoff game was a new way of being tormented and uh, everyone had like a nightmarish ending that I was at the game with no punts. Yeah. The the Chiefs Colts game. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the no punt game before I even worked there in 03. Yeah. That's a famous game. Trent Green and. Yeah, Dante Peyton Hall had the kick Dick for meal. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, they lost to Peyton. Yeah, Stoyanovich missing field goals. I mean, they went. The yep. Montana was the last guy to win a playoff game there before Mahomes. So, or no, that's not true. Alex Smith won. Alex one Smith the did. That's right. He had that he had that huge comeback against, uh, like, oh, not a comeback. They either went against Houston after they yeah, had yeah, that horrible well, loss. They they, the they, they 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 lost. Right. I was at that game right, too right, in right. Indy. When right. when they lost the game with Jamal Charles got hurt, yeah. he was the first guy to be held out with the concussion protocol. Yeah, thank you for correcting me on that. So they, yeah, they, they lost. Th- they were they were up thirty eight to ten and lost. I think forty five forty four something. Right. Like that. So they had just a horrible playoff history yeah. until Mahomes showed up. So they're just so such a passionate sports city, you know that having lived there. Yeah. That I am I am happy for for all that they've accomplished. You know, as far as like this whole dynasty now and Mahomes and everything else, you know, I think with the Patriots, Brady, when he was winning, when he won his first three Super Bowls, Peyton Manning was still considered, I think, the better quarterback. Peyton Manning was winning regular season MVPs. His yeah. teams were losing in the playoffs. But I think most people in that in that time, at least I would have said, Manning is the better quarterback, but if you have one game to win, you want Brady because Brady is going to come through in those moments, whereas Manning, for whatever reason, doesn't. Patrick Mahomes is the answer to both of those things right now. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's the guy who's most reliable, most dependable, and most exquisite when big games are on the line and need to be won. So that's really the difference here. Like, I'm not even, that's not even true of Montana early in his career. Uh, in the early 80s, he was not an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, he was looked at more as a system quarterback with Walsh. That was not the case with Aikman for sure when he was with those Cowboys teams because they had everybody else with Irvin and Emmett Smith was looked at as the better player. 
going back to the 70s in Bradshaw. I mean, Bradshaw was a backup quarterback who had lost his job a couple of times and then won two Super Bowls. So like, in that way, Danny, I think it is unprecedented that somebody is considered already at the quarterback position, far and away the best player, and he already has three rings on his finger before he turns 30. 